This week's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So just for being a listener to this week's podcast, all you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get a free trial. It's two free MP3s of your master. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Also, um, let Lander know. Tweet both of us uh, on Twitter. Um, at mine straight out the den. S-T-R, the number 8, O-U-T-D-A-D. E-E-N and hit up Lander at L-A-N-D-R. Um, let them know what you think about, about the product, man, and let them know that Straight Out the Den sent you. So um, this week, um, l- last week, if you guys listened to last week's podcast, we, we really spoke about uh, the importance of putting your music everywhere, right? Uh, so I kind of want to continue um, with that conversation and go over a few things that, that kind of came up. Um, a, pe- a few people had a couple of questions. And some of the comments um, on, on the podcast uh, got me to thinking about what we should talk about this time. So uh, I know if you're listening, most of you are familiar with an artist by the name of Drake. And so you you see the title that there, if you're looking at the, the cover art, you can already see the title. So, you know, what we're, we're going to talk about, but zero to 100, you know, Drake says zero to 100 real quick. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking it a little bit differently, right? I'm thinking zero to 100 real slow. And when I say that, I'm talking about zero to 100 fans. It's a slow process. It's a very slow process. But but hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll have more of a um, um, better perspective of how to gain those first 100 fans. Um, and, you know, the things that you need to do and, and to kind of fine tune your approach, right? So, before we really get too deep into that, I, I wanted to kind of go over a few things, a few misconceptions, if you will. Right. And so we all know that building a solid fan base doesn't happen overnight. Uh, unfortunately, some people think that it is just that easy to really build a solid foundation and a solid fan base. You know, uh, strategic planning and marketing it has to be put in place. But this is a step that a lot of people tend to skip over right you you see people tend to drop music first and then think about how to promote it later right and so you know there's these three m's or three misconceptions um when it comes to music that that i want to talk about right so the first one is you think people will love your music once they hear it now this is not to kill your confidence factor or anything like that but the truth of the matter is your music is not for everybody. So this really goes back into uh, a couple of podcasts ago where we were saying like identifying your demographic, figure out your fan base and who likes your music and, and serve them. You know, don't worry about trying to feed um, a million people when there's, you know, a million people all over the world when there's 10 starving in your backyard. Right. So you want to start at your backyard. Start with those people that really love your music. Get them to ride with you first and they can kind of go out and, and tell your story for you. You know what I mean? And, and so that that's the thing you want to focus on that core audience first. So figuring out who that is. And you can go and listen to one of the older podcasts uh, that we spoke on that and um, get those details because uh, we went in and, and pretty, pretty, pretty much all the details that you can possibly need in that podcast. So uh, definitely look back in the archives and, and look that one up about building um, your, your demographic and figuring out identifying your audience. Right. But um, that's the, the misconception. Number one. You know, you think people are going to love your music once they hear it. Now, 
hopefully if you're doing things the right way you'll you'll come across an audience that really and genuinely does you know enjoy your music and, and the things that you have to say uh, but you have to identify those people like i said before right so the misconception number two all i have to do is upload my music and they'll come right they'll listen that that's almost i almost want that to be number one um because that's the thing nowadays where it, it, it does seem so easy, right? Uh, you know, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but the, the IRAA uh, just announced um, a couple of days ago that streams are now officially counted into their equation of um, whether or not you can go gold or platinum, right? So it, the number is 15 hundred streams is equivalent to one album sell, right? So um, somebody can stream your song 1500 times and they'll equal to one album sell. So I know that's a lot of streams, um, but that that's happening now, right? That, that model is slowly starting to change. No more do you need somebody to go out and, and buy 500,000 copies of your album to be considered gold. Now you just need to get the appropriate amount of streams and you can be in the same position. Right. So a part of me, the new part of me wants to say congratulations. I'm happy. You know, uh, we're definitely seeing some progression of an age old model that didn't want to change. But the other part of me wants to say, like, man, you know, that's not really selling albums, you know. So um, I, I get it and I understand that. But that's just a, a little quick tidbit for those that didn't know. I wanted to make sure that you had that um, in, in your back pocket. But uh, going back to that misconception, number two, all I have to do is upload my music and they will come. So here's the problem with that. And we discussed this on the last podcast, how you really have to get out there and put your music on everywhere, um, every platform and really help, you know, build that that fan base and, and notoriety across the board. Um, but just uploading your music and leaving will never work. I mean, now, there are some things that you can do where you can just upload and leave, but that that comes a part of that marketing that, you know, you can come up with fancy names, um, creative artwork. We had a podcast on artwork that, uh, that you can enjoy also. But all of these things that we're talking about, that's called marketing. You know, whether you know that or not, that's that's marketing. Um, it's no such thing as just uploading your song or your album and walking away. If you do that, you're, you're going to get some initial, you know, streams from your, your fan, your core fan base, and hopefully they, you know, repost your music or share it. Uh, but for the most part, that's not that's not going to really work for you. You know, you're, you're going to see a, a quick, um, you know, number boost uh, when you initially put it up and you're going to see that slowly trend down um, probably within the next 24 hours to, to uh, one week of doing that. You're going to really start to see those numbers trend down as opposed to trend trending up. Um, so get that out of your head that you think that you can just really post music and boom, you know, you're good to go. You know, a lot of times because we're in a climate where and I never thought I would say this, but it's really hitting me now that we're in a day and age with the way that technology has progressed, that indie artists are literally on the same platform as someone like a J. Cole or a Kendrick or a Rick Ross or uh, a Jay-Z, for that matter. They're, they're, when it comes socially, they're on the same platform. They have the same ability as a Rick Ross um, to, to put up a tweet and millions of people see that tweet, right? You have the same ability as an indie artist as well. Even if you only have 50 followers, um, you can put a tweet that can potentially um, serve a large audience, right? So 
with that playing field being level now, in a sense, the expectations are through the roof as an indie artist. You you literally think that all I have to do is promote, um, put put my link up and the appropriate people will hear it and the music will start to, to move on its own. Right. But what we don't see is the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars or even realistic, the tens of thousands of, of dollars that are spent. Uh, to get those links promoted in the right places to where they're, they're, you're starting to see them more often during certain times of the day. Um, all of these things are really happening. You you may not know that they're happening uh, because you think like, oh, I'm on Twitter. You know, Jay-Z just posted this or Kendrick just posted this and I posted mine. So, you know, you're thinking that that's happening. But there there's a machine behind those people that are really making this thing go. And that machine is called Genius Level Marketing, a.k.a. dollars that, that you really need. And, and those dollars, until you really have those marketing dollars, a lot of things that you're trying to do, you're going to have a hard time doing. So, like I said, misconception number two make sure I go over that again. Um, all you have to do is upload your music and they will come. Don't believe that for one second. And if you do have that train of thought right now, um, hopefully that brief explanation that I gave you would, would kind of help psych you out of that again. Right. Okay. So number three, marketing your music is easy. I'm going to pause for effect here and, and say it again, marketing your music is easy. All three of those misconceptions are all lies. There, there, there's no way that marketing your music is easy. Marketing is probably one of the hardest things that you're going to be able to do, right? If, if you're an artist, you're a creative. That's creating is what you do. So you can make the music all day long. You know, you can write the treatment for the visuals all day long. Um, you can shoot the visuals. You can, you can record all the music. You can, um, you know, get everything packaged, mixed, mastered, ready to go. But if you don't spend time on, thought the thought process with your artwork if you're not spending the time with your rollout plan like how are we going to put this music out are we going to just drop it a surprise drop you're not Beyonce and, and I know people might hear this and think that I'm being harsh but I'm just being so real with you and transparent as possible uh, Beyonce has built a fan base to the point where people want to hear what she has to say she can drop her music and, and she can put up a link and say Beyonce um, album dropping in two minutes and literally whatever website that that album is dropping on will crash in 30 seconds. She has that type of power, um, in her music and her fan base. Right. And, and so until you get, you get to that point, you have to be smart about, you, you know, your goals and, and really figuring out a way to get this music out here. So those three misconceptions, they're all lies. No, no matter what anyone tells you, uh, those things won't happen unless you really go in, into doing some type of marketing. Right. So for the next part of the conversation, I'm really going to try to focus in on on marketing and getting that idea down and drilled in your head that you need marketing. So um, for those that may or may not know, we're, we're going to look up marketing right here live on, on the podcast. No, I did not get the definition of marketing up before I start. So right now you may notice that I'm doing some extra talking while I look up marketing, trying to explain it to you so that you can't tell um, that I didn't have the definition down. Right. So uh, I'm looking up marketing right now and just a quick um, we always can trust good old Wikipedia for a good definition. Right. So uh, 
Wikipedia states marketing is a widely used term to describe the means of communication between the company and the consumer audience. I think that's a great definition, by the way. So look at that. So you have communication is basically talking. How do how do I talk to a the company? I'm the company. How do a as the company talk to the consumer, the audience, which would be the people that are planning to buy your music or listen to your music if you're in that point. Um, so. There are so many different ways of marketing. There's there's marketing research, which uh, I took marketing in college, right? Marketing research is the most boring part of marketing, in my opinion. But it's also the most the the highly sought off um, sought after positions. Um, you can get paid the most if you're you're into research. It's boring though, but it's a lot of quantitative and qualitative data. Um, there's a lot of uh, you know doing surveys and and testing and reading trends and all of this stuff, right? So I say all that to say that you need to have this type of information if you want to be um, make your album make sense and, and make your music really move, right? So. What is that that data that we're talking about? Right. So if you do your research and you see, OK, who is my demographic? Where where is my demographic? Where are those people at? Once you figure out that information, that's you really doing your research, your marketing research. So, you know, if you you've, if you've done those surveys and you've asked those questions and you see that your fan base is between the age of 18 and 24. So if, if your fan base is between the age of 18 and 24, you know that the best place that you can serve your music is on college campuses. 18 to 24, if you, if you do that survey and you say like, hey, 18 to 24, 90% male is my, um, my audience and um, they're in Atlanta. So, okay, th these are, I'm just giving examples right now. Uh, if you do your survey, I have my, my medium range is 18 to 24, 90% uh, are male, and they are African-American college students. Where should you be promoting your music? This is a quick quiz that we're doing right in the middle of the podcast with those numbers that I just gave you. Me, just knowing what I know about Atlanta, the first thing I'm going to do is say, well, OK, where can I go and see a huge sample size of 18 to 24 year olds that are black and mostly male? I'm going to the AUC. I'm going to Morehouse. I'm going where those people are at. Right. I'm going to Clark. I'm going to the AUC. I'm, I'm going over there with the people are that that really you know, are in my demographic. So that's my sample size. I'm going over there and I'm going to ask those people, hey, how do you like music? Or I'm going to sit back and watch and see what people in that area are doing. Like, how are they picking up music? Who are their favorite artists? And then you go and research their favorite artists and see how did that stuff happen? You, it, it sounds like a lot of work. And to be honest with you, it is. Like I said before, the number three, the, the biggest misconception is Marketing your music is easy. That's a lie. It's not easy. It's going to be hard work. But if you get out here and try to drop your music and work backwards, that's exactly what you're doing. You're working backwards. You drop great sounding music and you're hoping that somebody of importance is going to hear your music and they're going to put that on onto other people. Does it happen? Absolutely. How often does it happen? Very rarely. So you got to go out here and really do the work. You got to go out here and really tell the people about what you're doing. You got to find your audience. And once you find that audience, you got to figure out how can I get that music to that audience. Right. So like I said before, before marketing research, it is boring. 
I repeat, it is very boring, but it's data that you need that's going to help you in the long run. It's going to help you get your album out there. It's going to help you with your merch ideas. It's going to help you with all of those things. It is boring. And you've heard me say boring quite a few times because I absolutely hated it. But it's so important now. And, you know, me being 32, I think back to 18 year old me, 19 year old me, 20 year old me is like, man, I wish I would have paid attention in those courses a little bit more. I would have been so far ahead of the game. Right. So now with, with just the research now, the part that most people when they think about marketing is the um, the creative part of marketing, you know, the advertising. That's what you know, people think when they hear marketing and, and yes, marketing is definitely that, um, without a shadow of a doubt, but to get to that part of marketing, there, there's a couple of things that you need that, that are very important. So once you, once you figure out, you know, you've done that research and you figured out, you know, that part uh, of your, um, your planning and, and your market, now it's creative mode in a sense, right? And so there's so many different types of, of marketing. Um, for the sake of this conversation, we're going to stick with uh, just just two, digital marketing and direct marketing. So uh, digital marketing, of course, is what most people are doing nowadays is, is because um, the world is digital, right? So it's a lot of uh, social media, um, a lot of uh, maybe Facebook ads or um Things of that nature, you know, it's mostly social media. You're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. You're doing all of these things, trying to create some interest in your music, right? So, be creative. Think about it. So, if you have an album, um, and you know that you're you're going to put an album out six months from now, then go ahead and start your marketing campaign now. You know, if your plans to have an album out by summer. Think about what you want to do now. Don't think about what you want to do in May or June with an album dropping in July. It just doesn't make sense. You're behind. Um, but if you're if you're going in those stages now of, of planning where you're dropping little hints, you know, you're, you're uh, creating your website, you're, you're um, putting up flyers, you're just you're showing behind the scenes footage of you creating, uh, working on your album. All of these things are, are starting to generate interest, right? It's, it's no surprise. Like, get get out of your head of these surprise releases. Like I said, until you have a, a serious marketing budget where you can do a surprise release, get it out of your head. You as an indie artist, you have to generate some, some spark, um, some type of interest. So show people the recording process. You know, people love to see the behind the scenes. They, they want to be in the studio with you. So... Um, it, in order to, to generate that interest, show them you working on an album, show them you're in a session with a producer working, uh, coming up, going through samples, like show that, you know, have somebody there to document all of that. You need a cameraman with you, you know, honestly, at all times now um, and just to document and, and see what you're doing. Um, the world is a reality show, you know, and, and people want to see that stuff. So if you have somebody documenting everything that you do, it's going to work in, in your benefit. Right. So you want to make sure that they can see absolutely everything that's going on. Um, show them that have somebody there that's creative enough to edit the footage to, to look enticing um, and put it out. You know, get your rollout going. If you have if you make that plan like, hey, I want to have my rollout two months before my album. Well, hey, if your album is planning to be out in July in May, you should be dropping promo material that's constantly showing your date of when you're going to drop and constantly showing 
um, everything that you want in between. So you're showing those behind the scenes videos. You're showing the making of your artwork. You're showing the uh, the photo shoots. You're showing, you know, all of the details. You're showing the, 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 the good times. You're showing the being on the road. You're showing the inspiration behind your songs. You're showing all of these things because what that's going to do is it's going to generate interest. People are going to see this stuff and they're going to think like, man, such and such have an album coming out in July. I'm already interested. I keep seeing him or her record these records and the records are sounding great. The little 30 second snippets that I'm getting. I can't wait till I hear a full record. And then once you finally start to give them some records, now you're starting to pull them in slowly. You're pulling them in. And now they're, they're, they're continuing to think about, oh, man, like, OK, we're close. We're getting close. We're getting close. They're, hopefully, if you're doing this a right right way and effectively they're going out telling people right and, and once they start telling people now you're, you're in a whole nother ball game right you're, you're you're getting in the way of um in the in the position of of power in a sense if you really think about it because now they're telling people and it makes your your product even more um attractive right so the other uh part of marketing that i told you about was direct marketing and direct marketing is somewhat mm, it's kind of ancient in, in a sense but there are some creative ways to do direct marketing so the the initial way that direct marketing was done was um <clears throat> have you ever opened up your mailbox and you saw a letter from a company that you don't know how they got your information that was the the initial way of direct marketing it was simply getting your your name and address out of some type of database and it would send you some letters, um, some catchy things on it, like, Hey, buy, you know, save now or, um, buy one, get one free. All of these things, they would send them in mail. And the whole point was to really get you to think about, um, you know, impulse. It, it was a lot of, it was just to really get you to impulse, um, purchase. Right. And, and so like direct marketing is kind of dying now since everything is, is digital. But the reason why I bring it up in this part, um, part of the podcast is because I want you to, to think about having a direct approach to your marketing. So instead of mailing things, uh, you're going to think about it a little more, um, it's still in a sense kind of digital, but you're, you're looking at more of hand to hand interaction and, and emailing. Um, we had that podcast on, on getting email addresses and things of that nature and phone numbers. You can kind of treat those, um, like your direct approach, but with, uh, getting those email addresses, instead of putting some in their mailbox, you're putting it in their inbox, right? You're, you're getting that approach to like, Hey, thank you for having this conversation. Here is something. Here is a flyer for a video shoot or here's a flyer for, you know, the album release party. You're, you're, you're building that real estate up. And once you have real estate, you can sell and you want to sell yourself. But you got to get that credibility up first. Right. And so that's what I mean by the direct marketing. No, you don't have to get addresses up and, um, you know, mail them things. Um, but there, there is some creative things that you can do from there. You know, once you have a bunch of email addresses, you can simply throw out, you know, get very creative and mix the two, mix your, your digital marketing and your direct marketing up and put out, you know, a tweet saying like, Hey, the first person that can tell me the name of such, such and such, whatever, you know, be creative with it. You know, um, the first person that can name, uh, the name that I mentioned in this song, I'm sending, you know, a, a free prize pack to or whatever, you know, that can be a t-shirt. 
um, some merch ideas, some, you know, some merch items. You know, the first person that tells me this, you know, it just treated as a contest. And, and what that does, number one, it, it sparks interest because you're giving away something and everyone loves something for free. And so if you're giving away something now, you, you have their interests up and they're they're looking at it and now they're trying to figure out. And number two, now you have people listening to your music because everybody loves free stuff. And if all I got to do is click a link to listen to a quick um, three minutes of my time to hear a song and, and hopefully um, win something, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. And now you had about, depending on your, your, your numbers, you may have had anywhere between 200 to 1,000 people listen to your music just trying to win a, a quick prize pack. So that's something creative that you can do. There's so many different things that you can do. And, and you know, the, the whole point here is to really um, triggering your mind to focus on having some type of marketing approach. Do not drop your music and think that people are going to listen there's no what's my incentive what's my incentive to listen to your music if i don't know you and you tweet me all day long like check out my music check out my music what's my real incentive more than likely i don't want to hear it and and i've listened to so much music today that i don't have time to listen to your music right so you got to be creative think about what is going to get somebody's attention? What will get your step out of the box of being an artist for a second and just think about it as a customer. Um, when your favorite album uh, came out, what was it about that album before you knew it was going to be your favorite made you want to go and purchase it or made you want to listen to it? What what was it about it? For me, um, I, I've been an uh, um, outcast fan all of my life, but you want to know what initially got me into outcast? I saw a poster of a painting um, of their CD artwork. And I was like, man, I don't know what that is, but that looks interesting, right? It was the the allure of like, okay, the naked women on the uh, CDs. And, you know, me being a young kid, I'm like, man, that was like, you know, you didn't see that. So it was like, oh man, like this is dope. Like, let me figure out, I want to hear what this is. And so, you know, somebody showing me a poster of that, making me think like, man, I want to hear what this music is about. And you start listening. And so that was my initial, you know, that, that pulled me in, you know, something as simple as a picture pulled me in to want to hear the music. And, and luckily for me, the music was great too. And I found other things to like about it. But if it wasn't for those pictures, I may would have got on Outcast a little bit later, right? Um, an artist, if I want to bring it up to speed for everybody else, like an artist like a J. Cole, what made me want to listen to a J. Cole? Well, in all honesty, it was a, a Jay-Z. I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. And, and for me, when I hear somebody that I never heard before on a Jay-Z album, well, I'm going to go and research like, well, who is J. Cole and how did he get a Jay-Z feature? And me doing my research, I'm like, oh, OK, well, this kid, he, he signed the Rock Nation. OK, OK, that's cool. Whatever. Um, let me listen to his music. Uh, OK, the music sounds pretty good. Um let me see what else he has going on. And then I, I seen a, a, a basketball theme going and, and me being a fan of basketball. I'm like, well, this is something that I can get into. And, and I started to look at everything and the artwork was good and the music was good, too. And so it it, it was something else that brought me in. Right. With Kanye West, he was a producer, but he also had this thing with the bear. And I was like, what is up with him and his bear? And now the bear became a part of of culture and, and now you're looking at this bear 
And it's like, okay, I get it. This is like your mascot. And, but it became a part of Kanye. It, and so basically what I'm saying is all of these artists had something about them, whether it's the way they dress or, you know, how they rap or um, their, their style or, you know, their look. All of these things played into why people listen to their music in the first place. You know, now once you start listening to the music, then you can become a fan and like the music and, and now you have choices to make. You can either keep rocking with it or you can say, oh, this is not for me and, and, and move on. But what gets you to listen in the first place? That's where we're at. Right. And so just think about it, you know, zero to 100 real slow. <laughs> it, it's not going to be a fast thing, you know, and, and it's not going to be something that you can do overnight. You really have to um, take the time out to use mark marketing is your best friend. Uh, so, you know, those three misconceptions, again, you know, number one, um, you think people are going to listen to your music once they hear it there. I mean, I mean, you think people are going to love your music once they hear it. Like, well, think about this. They have to hear it first. Right. So that's that's the, the most important thing. And, and plus, everybody's not going to love your music. So that's why you should be targeting people that already like what you're doing. Um, number two. All you have to do is put up a link and, and they're going to hear it. Well, we know that that's not true. You you can try to put up a link right now and there's no guarantee. When, when I first started doing this podcast, I would put up all types of links and nobody was listening. I mean, absolutely nobody. I remember looking at numbers and I was having two to three people listen a week. And uh, that was literally me listening to an episode, trying to make sure hear how I sounded and wanted to make sure that, um, you know, things were clear. The person that I interviewed and then maybe one other person. Right. And, and so, you know, I was like, man, I, I thought the content was good, but why only one person listening? And so you become discouraged and all of these things happen. But over time. I knew that this was something that that was new to the marketplace. Nobody knew about it. So I got to go out and promote it. And I'm still promoting now. I'm not at a place where it's just on a steamroll. I'm still constantly getting out, you know, planning this information and, and writing down in, in journals throughout the week and pulling, you know, this, these resources together to try to help uh, get the content to you the right way. So it, it's going to take time. And, and that's one of the things that you have to remember. And number three marketing is marketing your music is easy that's a lie we know that that you know marketing is not an easy thing to do um it comes easy to some people but marketing is, is definitely a lot of hard work so um that that's going to be it for that you know um of course we could go deeper in that and we will but i feel like this here is definitely a series um that we have to get into so uh we're going to hold a little bit back for, for, for you. Um, but that's just a, a few things. Remember with your marketing, you, the, the two approaches that I would focus on if I were you was the digital marketing and direct uh, marketing. Know that you don't have to mail people, but think as mailing as emailing nowadays, right? Get those email addresses. That's real real estate. And build a solid um, rapport with your fans with your through email, right? Um, and so before uh, uh before i do this I, i'm going to get to our listeners questions um for this week there were actually two good questions and i want to make sure that um i get those answered um but before i get to those i want to make sure i tell you guys about lander uh lander is is based in montreal canada and they're the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service um you know just for being a listener 
we're going to give you something free. Go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You're going to get two free um, MP3s of your master. Very simple, easy process. All you got to do is go there. Trust me, um, it's worth it. it. They will make your music sound great at an affordable rate. Um, you're going to get a free trial, so you'll get a chance to see that for yourself. But all, it's a click and drag, um, drop and drag, uh, drop and drag process. Um, that's all you got to do, and, and you'll see it. It, it happens so fast and, and you'll be able to hear the original versus your master and you can feel and hear the difference right there. So check it out. Go to lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D for straight out the den, right? Um, so our first question, let's see, came from, let's pull this up here. Uh, Fleetwood fellas, uh, shout out to Fleetwood and their whole team. Um, Fleetwood Fred, um, his management team, um, they reached out and asked a couple of questions, but you should definitely check out Fleetwood Fred music. Um, he's definitely one of those, uh, dope guys, but, um, question was, Hey, Jay good. I was doing some research, um, around coding, copywriting and publishing. And he asked, uh, do you recommend any services geared toward indie artists, um, that provide all three services? Right. And so I didn't have a, uh, one place which that if that does exist that might be if it does not exist that may be a great idea for somebody that want to do um but what i did tell them is like as far as copywriting and publishing um and if you don't know what that is please email me right now i want to make sure that you have that information um and if enough people email me we will do an episode about it i, I feel that it should be done um but as of right now just um, i'm taking that you do understand copywriting and publishing but um for those that don't know, we will do a podcast at some point. But as far as copywriting and publishing goes, those services can easily be done by yourself is what I told them. Uh, go to copyright.gov um, to do all your copywriting. And uh, once you decide um, what you would like to get, you know, as far as publishing with, uh, you can do ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC. Me, myself, I personally use ASCAP. Um you can just register as a writer and a publisher is what I would suggest. Um, it's very simple. It's going to cost you, um, I forgot the fees now, I think anywhere between 25 and $50, uh, as a writer and, and as a publisher. Um, but you, you do that and, and that's how you register all your songs. So, you know, make sure you, um, if you're the only artist on your songs, you and the producer, like I said, this is a conversation that we'll have to have later. I don't really have the time to go through it now, but, um, ASCAP, BMI or CSAC. I personally use ASCAP, so I'm going to push ASCAP, but you can use any one of them. They really pretty much all work the same. Uh, CSAC is a smaller company. Um, uh, and so with CSAC, uh, you, you'll have more of a, um, a, a more of a one-on-one -on -one experience like you can go into the office and actually sit down and, and probably talk to some people a little bit quicker than you can with ASCAP or BMI um, ASCAP or BMI you're, you're probably going to be dealing with the rep and uh, that's another conversation but um, as far as coding um, he was talking about ISRC codes right and for those that don't know that I I ISRC codes is basically how your music is tracked, right? It's, it's embedded in, in your, um, your, your music. And so as far as BDS, people can know how many spins you're getting on the radio. Um, they can track your sales and, and know how many sales you're getting on, uh, iTunes and, um, you know, 
streaming as far as on Spotify and Apple Music, all of those things. That's how that stuff is tracked, right? And in order to do that, you got to go, you can go to um, USISRC.org. Um, you go there, you have to pay a fee. I think the fee is like $80, but it's a one-time fee and you'll be able to register up to, don't quote me, I think it's like 10000 um, codes a year you're able to get something like that um, but it's just a one-time fee it's definitely worth doing it you'll be able to track all your music and that's really the best way to go um, and also people want to look into sound exchange that's for really uh, good job tracking streams of featured artists so um, I know I threw a lot of that information at you quick you can definitely rewind um, and get more of that but we, we will do some podcasting in the future um, for those but those are some great questions once again check out Fleetwood Fred's music um, he's a very dope artist uh, based out of Atlanta Georgia um, and so the other one came from um, South Johansson he's another artist um, here in Atlanta um, from Augusta and OKC uh, but he wanted to know next question for the podcast um, if you can't relate to the music like you know for example uh, financially the storyline trapping etc then what draws your everyday listener in to check it out or support it um, that, that's a very good question and, and the first thing that really comes to my mind is that um, I think if you don't really identify with the, the, the lyrics of the song or what they're talking about, um, a lot of things that really um, draws people in um, as a listener is really, you know, music is all about emotion, man. So, you know, if sonically it sounds like something like there, there's something about different chords that it, it really makes you feel a certain type of way, even if you don't realize it. And so those chords in the music and the, the different chord progression in the music can, can really shape you to do things a, a, a way that you didn't even realize that you were doing and make you feel a certain way, make you move or dance a certain way. Um, so I think a lot of it, it really has to do with the beat and, and the emotions in the music. Um, even if you don't listen to the lyrics, it's, it's really about you just um, having a good time. Now, the other thing is repetition and programming. Um, if you listen to the radio, I guarantee that they're probably playing the same 10 songs um, every every hour. And so by the end of the day, if you're somebody that listens to the radio for at least two to three hours a day, then I guarantee by the end of the week, you're going to know those songs. It's, it's literally called programming for a reason. They're programming you to like something. Right. And, and this repetition of constantly hearing these same melodies over and over in these words you won't believe it, but you'll end up knowing it. It's something in those frequencies too, but that's a whole nother conversation. And I, I don't want to get in any trouble talking about those, but that's really what it is. Like the everyday listener to check it out. Um, even on, you know, like SoundCloud and there's different algorithms that these uh, streaming sites do kind of like Pandora, where you go in and you may pick um, your favorite genres of music and your favorite artists and they put an algorithm together and they just literally go through um, a Rolodex of music that they think you will like and that's how sometimes you know you end up finding new music you know it's you're on those sites and you just kind of let it go almost like a, a radio station of sorts um, and it just randomly gives music that they feel that you would like and at that point you can either like it or pass it by and move to the next song so like I said, I think to really answer your question, bro, I think a lot of it has to do with feelings and emotions um, and programming. Um, if you're listening to the radio, you're going to definitely um, <laughs> start to love those songs that you said that you hated before. Right. So uh, thanks again for that question. Um, you can follow uh, South Johansson on everything. I think it's X S X V 
T-H Johansson. That's J-O-H-A-N-S-S-O-N. South Johansson. And Fleetwood Fred is uh, Fleetwood underscore Fred uh, on social media. So uh, shout out to both of them uh, for those questions. Um, but that's it for this week. You know, um, if you guys have any questions, like I said, feel free to send those questions. I love to hear from you. I love answering those questions and I love being able to uh, give you some type of insight. Uh, you can send those questions to, uh, to my email at podcast at straight out You can tweet those to me. Uh, I definitely look at the tweets and save those questions. Um, you can message me any kind of way uh, on social media, on uh, all things social media, straight out the den, S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, so yeah, if you have any of those questions, feel free to ask. Um, once again, do be on the lookout for our classes that are coming um, in, in March. Uh, we're still planning those and we're ironing out those wrinkles there and we're definitely going to have that ready for you to go. Um, those classes right now, I, I can't tell you the price just yet. Uh, this is me doing my marketing, but I am teasing you by letting you know that we have those coming. Um, if you are interested in, and you think that this is something that you would like to participate in, uh, feel free to subscribe on our uh, um our website uh, you can go to straightoutthedin.com look on the right hand side there is a subscribe button there all I need is your email and your first name you get there you're gonna get two emails from me you'll get one on Monday just a motivational um, email um, with some thoughts that I have uh, to start off your week and then you'll get the one for the podcast on Thursday and just two emails a week and then um, once we start rolling out those classes I'll make sure that that Monday email is um, specifically for you that are enrolling and interested in that class so uh, you'll definitely get all of that so um, once again man I, I do appreciate you guys for listening um, if you have any questions be sure to email those to me i would love to hear from you and like i always say if you have a dream pray on that dream research that dream and work until that dream becomes a reality and with that being said i'm jay good straight out the den thank you for listening